Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 297 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I chat to Casey Donnellan, the creator of Kill It With Fire, an action-adventure game featuring the destruction of spiders and many other things besides. It's a really, really fun chat about a really, really fun game. Um, It's such an inventive sort of comedy game which... Sometimes doesn't can't be pulled off properly, but this this is really. I mean, how often do you get the chance to set fire to an entire apartment building just to get rid of some spiders? Well, you don't do, you? but in, in this, in in Kill It With Fire, you generally do. It's quite it's quite a thing. Destroying an entire living room just trying to kill two spiders is 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 a thing that we've always wanted to do but could never can. But here we now. Thanks to Casey, we can actually now destroy entire living rooms, killing eight-legged creatures. Chris, from the past, if you'd be so kind. Casey. Hello. Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, my name is Casey Donellan, and I'm a game developer. Uh, I made Kill It With Fire. You have indeed made Kill It With Fire. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, you may have figured this out from the image on the MP3 you're listening to right now. But it does involve the destruction of eight-legged creatures, not scorpions. <laughs> and not crabs. Yeah, and not crabs either, no. But they are arachnids. And uh, yes, they um, oddly make sounds. But we'll talk about that later on in the show. Let's keep our powder dry, as we like to say in this show. So uh, how did you make your start making video games, Casey? Yeah, um, well... Let's see. Let's let's go all the way back. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was in college, I was actually pre-med. I was I wanted to be a doctor, and uh, took a programming course just on a whim, and found out that uh, I was pretty good at programming, and I really liked programming. Um, and I mean, I I played video games, you know, my whole life pretty much, and. Uh, basically decided to switch my major to computer science. And then I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, if this is like my calling, I'm going to do something fun and cool with programming and not like write bank software. Uh, So I was like, I'll make games. Uh, That seems like a fun thing to do. So I finished out my degree and then I went to a graduate level program for uh interactive technology, uh, air quotes that you can't see, uh, at a school called SMU Guildhall in Plano, Texas. Um, Finished that, and then uh, got a job at a company called Certain Affinity. Uh, I don't don't know if you've ever heard of them. They've been around for a long time. Uh, They're kind of like guns for hire for AAA studios, historically. Okay. Um, uh, So I ended up working on Doom, while I was there. Uh, and I also spent a lot of time working on a mobile game that didn't really pan out called Age of Booty Tactics, um, which is not what it sounds like. It's about pirates. Yeah, um, yeah I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it be all sorts of things. So did yeah. you say Dune uh, or Doom? I'm confused. Doom. Doom 2016. Yeah. Oh, okay. That one. You know, okay. The, the, the BFGs the... and the chainsaws and stuff. Yeah, yeah. not the giant sandworms that... No. Films Although I'm, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Dune. I'm yeah, really we, we can talk about that afterwards because, yeah, so am I, <laughs> sir. So am I. Although um, it's it's my only literary regret. Do you know what that means? Basically, a series of books that I really shouldn't have read past the first one. 
<laughs> yeah, they get really weird. They just get just like, this is a terrible epilogue, isn't it? Yes, but you bought it and now you're reading it. Thanks. Thanks, Frank. Cheers. Yeah. So, all right. So, anyway, uh, after Certain Affinity, uh, yep. I kind of got in on the ground floor part of uh, Rooster Teeth games. So, oh, Rooster right. Teeth, they make uh, Red versus Blue and uh, the show Ruby. And so, we made a game. I was like the second person on the team. Uh, like About eight of us made this game called Ruby Grim Eclipse in, in Unity. Um, that ended up being really successful. Um, it's kind of a co-op hack and slash, but pretty like basic hack and slash game. But it was based on the show, and uh, you know the, the fans of the show really, really loved it. Um, and after that, uh, we made a first-person shooter called Vicious Circle that uh, didn't do so hot. Uh, and pretty shortly after that, I left Rooster Teeth to start doing my own thing and and that's when I started working on kill it with fire. Yeah, I just I can only imagine where it, where the concept comes from. It's a lovely sort of history there but you went you went all the way to university were like going to be a doctor, going to be a doctor. <laughs> Flashy lighty video games. I like those. Let's just this <laughs> does I'm not bad. I have a logical brain cuz you know cause and effect programming works for me and then all of a sudden here you are talking to some strange British person. Yeah, it was game. really more of the, the programming than the video games. I just, yeah. I don't know, I just fell in love with programming. Uh, yeah. I've never done it, never done it before uh, until I was in college. And it turned out that uh, that's the thing that I do, I guess. It's fascinating, isn't it? All those years of training and studying and like, oh, I'm totally going to be a dog. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> just imagine that conversation with your parents. No, I'm sorry, that's too personal, but. Just that that phone call. I'm not going to do that. What? <laughs> well, what do you mean you're not going to? Well, yeah. You know those guys of Pong we used to play? Yeah. Just <laughs> totally I still hear about it sometimes from my mom. You know, why don't you, why don't you go back to school and you can still be a doctor? It's not too late. Wow. It's just <laughs> shocking, isn't it? Like, you don't, never mind. Never mind. So. The infamous third question, which regular listeners will know. Oh, here we go. Chris is going to start cringing again. But it's important that we ask this question because, believe it or not, you have been and are a creator of things. So I have to ask, what do you believe are your biggest influences? Sure. Um, Half-Life, I would say. Right. is, Is probably number one. I'm actually um, playing through Black Mesa at the moment, which if you if you haven't yet, I highly recommend. Mm-hmm, I've played it. Um, you have. It's awesome. It's good, isn't it? They fixed the last <laughs> level, apparently. Haven't got there yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know guy has- that uh, worked on it, actually. And he, he actually helped on Kill It With Fire. He made the, the cut scene at the end of the game. Uh, so what is it about Half-Life and what do you believe it is an influence to you? What do you think it is? And thinking um, about it, it makes a lot of sense, actually. I think that um, it is the uh, the rigorous way they keep you immersed in the world of the game. They never break first person to do anything in Half-Life, in any of the Half-Life games. Um, and it, I don't know, that, like that dedication to that concept... Um, it just makes you feel like you're in another place in a way that other really excellent first-person shooters uh, can't quite manage, I think. Um, I, and I wish, had I had the resources and time and everything, that I could have uh, adhered to that same level of rigor and kill it with fire. But um, I think, like, I don't know, like the game... Well, we'll, we'll get to the game, I guess. Uh but well, that and like it's okay. The, Second part bleeds into the first, and vice sure. versa. It's the, fine. the exploration. Um, you know, the Half Life is like, in a lot of ways, it's really a game about exploration, um, as much as it is about fighting guys. Um, and just the way it's paced and everything, it's just, uh, it's just such an amazing experience, and it just makes you feel like, I don't know, just different than other games um, after you get done with it. 
There uh, is a sense of there's a silent protagonist. Everyone knows that Gordon, although he's a PhD, apparently doesn't talk that much. So how he got through his interview, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, how did he get that? How did he get how his did... PhD if he didn't actually say anything? Does have a yeah. very well trimmed beard, as we all know. Really good at sporting environmental suits. All good, but also really Half Life is about ultimately survival because that's what triggers the whole shenanigans doesn't it ultimately Mm -hmm. it's like i think another uh strong influence is is mario actually um, yeah which may may sound like a crazy one if you've played kill it with fire but the the way the game kind of creates a dialogue with you through its mechanics like especially around secrets like you get to know the like you get to know like what a coin means in mario if you've played it enough that like if there's a coin somewhere that means that it's safe to jump there um and you may like kind of pick up on it subconsciously or you get to know the like the tells for like this little thing here means that there's a secret and you it like builds trust between you the player and the designer of the game um and i i really like doing those like repeated the way they they repeat that over and over again and like ingrain it into you um also the novelty like every every level of mario has something new um so like you know they they set up this great sandbox of platforming that is you know no other game really can rival that but then every level they're always introducing something new or like combining two existing things in a way that's new um so like the constant novelty is awesome yeah you know, I was playing Lost Worlds the other day on my Switch because of all those Stez games they threw up there that I, I forgot they did the other week, a well, month or so now. Oh yeah, I've got the NES stuff. I better have a look at the SNES stuff or SNES, whatever you pronounce it. I don't know. Don't really care. Uh, <laughs> and uh, wow, they got some stuff on there, by the way. And they had, you know, Mario Lost Worlds. I thought, oh, because I've got a pro controller, so I'm playing on my big TV. I thought, let's just throw it up on the massive screen, see what happens. And you're right. You're absolutely right. It's it can be quite overwhelming. By that time, they'd uh, on the SNES, the, the system was the game was really polished, really, and they were doing some very interesting and intricate things. And there's secret after secret after weird thing to discover over and over. You you could play at one level and go, hang on, there's something over there, isn't there? It I love that stuff. Yeah, it's like, why is that there? You know, it's like a pipe pointing out. You just jump over it, like. Can I go in there? And like you know, sometimes not, but sometimes you can. And uh, yeah, you you get to like recognize the language. It's like a little yeah. secret language of uh, well, of secrets, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I do see the point that there is a lexicon, maybe it's the phrase, for every game and every and, and some games are easier to glom onto. Like, take a drink, everyone. I'm going to say it. Threes is one of my favourite games. And there's not a lot to really, like, add, just add everything up to three, just multiples of three. Just off you go. Oh, look, there's a one and a two. Enjoy. Oh, look, it's all blocked it now, you see. What have you done? Uh, and that game is just like, well, the, the, the language is you can only slide left or right, up, down, etc. Uh, orthogonally, maybe the right words. And... Uh, there's not much to it, whereas a game like more complex, like I don't know, um, Warhammer Total War, that's one that's really complicated. But again, once you get into its lexicon, or uh, Europa Universalis Four, that's another one that's ridiculously, you know, you're talking about a lot more complicated. <laughs> so I'm just going from one scale to the other, from ridiculous to yeah. sublime. A couple orders of magnitude. Yeah, but they still have their own language and lexicon and. And ultimately, they are just a series of switches. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of if and or else logic statements riddled throughout. And you may think that's a bit unfair for me to you know, break down a game into simple series of switches. But ultimately, right now, until quantum computer arrives, that's exactly what they are. And sure. You know, we we can talk about how we are like, but reality, this is this is basically things reacting to what you're doing. But uh, yeah, 
good good shout on Half-Life and the, the Valve people when they used to make games. That's not fair. They do they did Alex <laughs> the other week, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, that was wrong. I need to get that because I've finally got a machine that can run VR. I mean, I've got PSVR and, and Quest, which is great, but I haven't got... Up until recently, I didn't have a PC that could do it, so I need to fix that. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Next question, then. All right. What developer did most admire in the industry and why? Um, do you know who Jake Burkett is? Oh, yes, he's been on the show. Oh, has he? Twice. Okay. <laughs> um, I, uh, well, I, so I've actually never played any of his games. Oh. Um, so let me, let me preface this with that. But uh, I saw his GDC talk just about how he has survived as an indie for all this time. Um, and it's really what inspired me to do this. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of like what, what gave me the courage to actually go out on my own and uh, make, make a game just on my own. So uh, I definitely admire uh, Mr. Burkett. Um, yeah, so... Um... He does make these solitaire games. The the the, the, the ancient enemy is the one mm-hmm. that we had him Regency on. Regency solitaire. Regency uh, solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. But they're yeah, um, really well put together. Uh, and he's working on something else at the moment. Of course he is. But it says he told me it's very very different, which is great. Okay. It's great. Um, I mean, he's yeah, he's he's made uh, a, a few different types of games, and just his whole like I don't know attitude and philosophy towards all of it. Um, mm. I really like sympathize with all of that of like keeping it really small, trying to build stuff relatively quickly um, and kind of setting your expectations realistically uh, yeah. and do, doing all of that, uh, you know, in the service of being able to make the next game. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hit, it's a hit driven industry, right? So you've, you can't expect everything you do to be a home run. Uh You've got yeah, to kind of I mean, structure what you're doing in a way that allows you to keep going. Yes, that's right. How can I put this? I mean, if people try to compare it to other mediums, which is interesting in terms of you said it's a hit driven industry. Hmm. Is that fair, though? I'm sure what you'll find is that there's going to be an audience for, the, for, for anything you put out, uh, for good or ill, and that audience will latch onto it and promote it and and enjoy it for what it is and i'm sure that's happening uh with with kill it with fire yeah i think uh, it used to actually be more of a hit driven industry yes than it is now um i think what you know the comparison between games and movies was a lot stronger 10 years ago i think the comparison between games and tv shows is a little bit more relevant today um where i mean you still have games that are like movies like the last of us or something, you know, this huge game that cost tens of million dollars to make and basically needs to remake that money very quickly. Uh, but then you have other games that they're more in it for the long haul. Um, yeah. Where it, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing with you. are right. It's one shot, right? They, they, they push out something, some grandiose monster, if you want to put a phrase, but not that, but, extraordinary piece of media uh, uh, that, that that is the last of us part two or two uh and uh, i haven't yet to play it because you know got distracted by other things and i was going to wait a little bit uh but i will eventually uh and i did like the first one although i did find it a bit monster boxy towards the end oh look there they are <laughs> pop, pop. <laughs> oh there they are it was a bit you know yeah but i did you know i played through it on my playstation 3 and i don't yeah uh, and um uh, I, you know, it's, it's something I. But you're right. It, it's uh, there are other games out there, and similar to television. Which, television's gone to a very, very strange place now. Somewhere I wasn't expecting. And quite, I, I can't remember the last time I actually watched broadcast television. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. like you. Why you, would you? Yeah, why you watch what when, what you want to watch when you can, which is both good and bad. There are many games out there that do have. Um, long tails to them and I'll just mention the one that immediately springs to mind is The Gardens Between um, not sure if you know that one 
But no, um, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's it's quite an interesting game. Deals with uh, memories of uh, two two young people, two children, uh, and uh, it's a very very poignant game. And it's uh, but people still talk about it to this day, two years after it's come out. You know, and uh, so these games do have tales to them, and they can and they should. So, mm-hmm. uh, right, right then, okay then. Well, last question in the first half. Here we go. What are you playing right now? Um, I'm kind of in recovery mode right now, actually, from from finishing this game. So I have not been up to much, but um. Destiny 2 is kind of my... That's my go-to. Okay. And, and then Why? I, I have... What, 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 what do you think? It, I mean, it is a shoot, shooter-looter. As we, as it is, yeah. But there's um, much more to it than that. What's the thing you think is, is Destiny 2? Sort of, what is it that makes you keep coming back for more? It's think? the chase, I think. Um, Destiny gives you these, these goals... I mean, obviously, the shooting is excellent, but uh, beyond that, it gives you these long goals that are very difficult to achieve. Um, exotic weapon quests that have, you know, a dozen steps uh, or getting a title over the course of a season. Um, and you can be kind of like working on all of these various goals all at the same time while doing a whole bunch of bounties which are like little tiny missions and stuff uh i think it's a lot of fun uh okay i think it i think maybe it uh checking off all those boxes it's like a constant like serotonin hit for me uh yeah but it's not a clicker just to be clear (laughs) no of course not (laughs) i mean numbers are going up eventually but the effort you put in to do that what I was trying to draw out from you is so well designed, and so the, the 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 feeling of when you actually shoot something and the impact is there, and you actually do feel that you have a presence in the level, you exist in that space. Uh, sure. Many, yeah. I mean, it's best in class, I think, uh, mm. when it comes to the shooting, uh, and just kind of the you get so tactile with the weapons in Destiny. I mean, in in no other game do you shoot a gun so much uh, to where you really, really get to know it, as in Destiny. Because, uh, you know, you're killing thousands of things, you know, hour over hour. Um, Preferably so in like, their head, because that's a great thing. That right, yeah. Their head so, pops off and off. Thing. You know, the, the guns, they've got these random rolls on them, and uh, at first it's like, well, these don't. Dude, this isn't anything major, but like once you you almost like you approach this Zen state where like you you're so into the minutia of like how the gun feels and how it works that you uh, you really start to appreciate all the little perks and things on them and the minor differences between different guns and and then when you finally get something really out there like an exotic weapon, it's like oh wow, this thing's crazy uh, and it it really pays off all of the like effort that you put into getting it. I think what I like was the special attacks as well. Even the first one, first Destiny game was fantastic for that when you'd you do this special attack, the camera would pull out from you. Yeah, yeah. And then you just pull off this extraordinary move and like I have now created a singularity and I'm gonna throw out this thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I think someone I think the Warlock could do that and stuff like that. It's just lovely. You know, the, the the sense of like, oh, you think you got this? You think you got me on back feet? Oh, no, I'm just building up to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've uh, I've also been tempted lately to open Factorio back up. It's finished. I know, I know. Um, it's finished. Kill with Fire has been sharing the new and trending uh, list with it in Steam, to my surprise. Uh, I played it several years ago. To the point of like insanity, basically, where like my wife was like, "Casey, you've got a problem. <laughs> Are you <game."> okay?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've I've been really thinking about opening it back up, but I'm just I'm kind of afraid of what's going to happen to me if I do. 
um, it just can suck you in for such a long period of time, that game. Yes, because it's <laughs> all about minutia and about like, well, if I just add this thing there... That's going to be just a little bit more efficient than. It's a programmer's dream, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. It, it's in it writ large, as they say. So, yeah, yeah, good call. I've asked them on the show a couple of times, but every time I've asked, they said we're not done yet. Bless them, you know. Well, they're yeah. done now. They're done they now. Because <laughs> they knew the show's a post mortem show, so after something's finished. Mm-hmm. They said, "Yeah, could you? Could we just wait?" Okay, no rush, no rush. But every time I saw them at events and stuff, especially in the UK, we've got like Resed, and they were here uh, a couple of years ago. No, last year they were Resed, and I walked over and we had, we had a good old chat about about it. But they said, "Yeah, no, not yet. Wait until we're finished," which is perfectly fine. And uh, so that's the end of the first half. Well done. All right, Thank we you. shall now move on to the second half of the show where we delve deep into Kill It With Fire. Question, Casey, is a request more than a question. Can you tell us, what is Kill It With Fire? Sure. Um, It is a game where you take the role uh, of an exterminator who is tasked with killing spiders, uh, and you ultimately go way, way too far in that aim and pretty much end up destroying everything around you so yeah <laughs> yeah we'll come uh, to that later because i've got a question about that it's an obvious one but it needs to be answered and clarified <laughs> because okay uh it is a first person action puzzle game that's right yeah so it's a it's a first person shooter kind of uh it's it's kind of a kind of a horror game in a way uh but kind of a uh comedy horror game i guess you could call it yeah especially when the jumping spiders arrive which we'll talk about <laughs> they still scare me sometimes they, they they do appear pretty quickly but uh when they do you're just like uh, anyway <laughs> uh so it's a first person game you are you don't see yourself at all uh you're a silent protagonist pretty much and mm-hmm. uh there are the, the, each each area is split into you can't actually progress until you've killed a certain number of spiders or indeed completed a number of objectives. That's quite lovely. The, there's, a lot, there's, there's an extraordinary amount of structure to kill it with fire because ultimately what you are there to do is kill spiders. Many spiders are very in size. Oh boy, do they. Sorry. Um, and colour and abilities. Again, mm-hmm. hinting at things that I ought not, but we'll just leave it at that. Let's just say this game goes places. Kill It With Fire is beyond just like... You could argue, like, hang on, has Casey just made a game based on a meme? No! <laughs> there he has yeah, I, you know, uh, we were talking about Half-Life in the first half. Um, I think another maybe comparison might actually be Portal and that the game kind of takes a left turn at some point. Yes. Uh, in the same way that Portal does, uh, and you, you maybe don't see it coming. Just, it, just, I think it's pretty cool when it when it happens. Absolutely. You pull it off just right, just at the right moment, because you think, wait a minute, I'm just killing spiders? I mean, really? What's, you know, what, what, what can you glean from that? I mean, what can you possibly... Oh, you have no idea, listener. No idea. So... My first design question, and it's something that really I do like to talk about, 
because you probably did a lot of studies. Maybe maybe you didn't. I don't know, but you've got some experience in design of clearly from your history. Um, I noticed that the viewing angle of the player, uh, the camera view is a bit distorted in Kill It With Fire. Slightly off. It's not fisheye. No, I'm not saying that, but there's something a little bit, the depth of perception is a bit odd. Uh, can you tell us, was it there to just heighten the tension? Is it? It's a bit like the corridor in the hotel of... You know, oh God, I forgot the name of the film, but you know, the shiny. so it actually. Uh, maybe, maybe you're talking about the field of view. Mm, field of view. Um, There's the phrase I was scrabbling for. Thank you. So, the field of view is actually identical to Overwatch. Um, right. And <laughs> it was basically just like, what's a good baseline for this? Uh, so it's it's a like pretty wide field of view. Uh, it's like 103 degrees. Um. I think your your halos and stuff are quite a bit uh, more narrow, but um, it lets some interesting things happen when your field of view is that wide. Um, you can see more things out of the corner of your eye, which is you know important for a game like this uh, when there's like spiders crawling around. Um, and then it makes interacting with objects close up. Um, a little different like you can pick up some large objects and spin them all around and but without having them like clip through the camera and stuff yep picking up a large lcd television <laughs> yeah it it yeah it it's there's definitely some things that i'm doing to just like make you just a little bit uncomfortable you know yeah in this in the service of kind of like the horror of the game yeah um but i, I think it's like the it's because everything is really well lit, mm. uh, almost the almost almost the entire game is really well yeah. lit. Apart from, um, sorry, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know really really like bright and sunshiny, and there's like modes of dust floating around, you know, and a sunbeam through the window and stuff, and uh, and I think that it's the like the contrast between that and the horror of these spiders that is part of what makes it funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hope that answers your question. It does. I think it's important when you're playing, making a game like this is about seeing detail, not so much in immediately in front of you, but to your to the left and right and to your periphery. That wide view, that distorted wide view, is very important. Now I'm going to talk about sound design because I can't not talk about sound design. It's a guy who kill it with fire. Kill It Fire is all about sound design, everyone. Directional sound. Now, we all know, generally speaking, spiders are pretty silent beasts. Of course they are. I mean, they don't actually make any sound, as far as I'm aware. Um, the only sound they do emit is the footsteps they leave as they scuttle around, even if then it's pretty pretty low volume. But, of course, it's not going to work in a video game, so these spiders do make little screechy sounds, similar to head crabs in Half-Life. There we go. Um... So, what have you done? How have you found anchoring the um, the location uh, of the spiders without giving too much away about exactly where they might be? Because the idea of the game, everyone, is to actually kill as many spiders as you humanly can in, in a variety of ways. Again, we'll talk about that later. An, an escalating variety of ways. An escalate, a ridiculous escalating variety of ways. Um, I just want to talk to you about the uh, how that came about. And what 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 have you, what fine tuning have you had to do to make it so that it does ratchet up the tension, even for those who aren't really arachnophobes. Um, it's still <laughs> it, it's still it's still quite anxious about how they how they scuttle around and uh, talk us basically it's just the directional sound and this design how have you found that well um i mean it's honestly it's it's a lot of simple tricks um and it's kind of like a few things just straight out of a horror film playbook um so the spiders are are basically on a timer uh and they they just will like chirp at you every once in a while, uh, 
every different spider has its own completely different set of sounds. So you can uh, kind of get a sense of like what you're up against, uh, even without seeing them, uh, which I think I actually lifted that from, from Left 4 Dead. Uh, the special infected do that on Left 4 Dead. You can hear a hunter. It's like you know there's a hunter around or you know there's a smoker around. Um, and I wanted to do the same thing with the spiders. Uh, so like once you know what one of the jumping ones sounds like, then when you go into an area that has one of them, you maybe even if you don't consciously pick up on what it sounds like, you'll start to kind of anticipate it. And it's it's really the anticipation of things that is scary, uh, scarier than the thing itself. Yeah. Um, it's the, the classic horror thing. For yep. a vast majority of, that, of horror films, nothing actually happens. That's right. Um, <laughs> so then there's that. And then when a spider finally does appear, then you get basically the classic horror movie jump scare sound followed by creepy violin sounds while it's walking around scuffling uh, around trying to that, get away from you yeah that uh that you know basically makes the hair on the back of your neck rise and yeah yeah and then the spiders themselves make sounds while they're crawling like little scuttling sounds uh and it's all just very creepy uh you know in the service of trying to make you so creeps out that you will uh destroy everything around you yeah uh, in order to get these guys to kind of give in to your your lust for destruction. Yes, I really want to talk about that, but that's, that's the last question on that. So <laughs> we're gonna we um, have to because I mean they they also have a special sound when they're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of one of the other things that uh, it's kind of a sound design thing, I guess, is when I first set everything up and I've got the the spiders chirping as kind of a way of helping you find them. Um, I didn't want to have them chirp like too often because I think that would just kind of get annoying. And if you're hearing it too often, then uh, it stops, kind of stops being creepy uh, at a certain point. And so that's when I brought the tracker in um, as a way, kind of an auxiliary way of helping you find these things. And there's so, like, I think the tension you get from using that thing, awesome. And I think. It's very aliens like. To, well done. Oh yeah, it's lifted. I mean, it's obviously it's just stolen directly from. Yeah, aliens. it's just a motion detector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I love. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah. But the uh, having to put away your weapon in order to pull this thing out and find where they are yeah. is such a great. Uh, I don't know. It just it makes you feel even worse. It's, uh, it's, it's very Doom Three, the game where. In the future, they didn't have duct tape. We all know that. We <laughs> get the flashlight out or the torch, as we call it, and then exactly, you know, it's just like, oh, where's where's the demon thing? Oh, there it is. Hang on, can you just hold on. Try not to eat my face as I change back to my weapon. That'd be great. Thanks. But uh, yeah, I think they put a patch in the end called duct tape. But <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the other things I love about the tracker, um, once you get the. Upgrade. The radar, the radar upgrade, where you oh, can actually yeah. see blips of where they all are. Mm. Spidar, as Spy as it's Dar. called in the yeah. game, yeah. Uh, is you you pull it out because like most of the game, you can't see any spiders. No, like, they're they're pretty well hidden. Yeah, uh, and you pull the the radar out, and you see that there's like fifteen around you, uh, and that you know having kind of like your stomach drop at that realization. I think it's great. It's something that not not even a lot of like real horror games do. Um, you know, it's basically like that scene in Aliens where they are using the tracker and they're like, the aliens should be in the room with us now, but we don't see them. And then there's this creeping realization that they're <laughs> they're in the ceiling. Uh, yeah, and, and there's then, like hundred, there's like dozens of them. Yeah, uh, charging it. Yeah, it's just like they're in the ceiling and they're in the walls. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's shocking. Right, uh, I know what I do when I encounter when when I yeah, playing uh, Kill It With Fire with so many spiders that are present. Uh, I do a thing which we'll come on to. I know I'm hinting at everyone. We will get onto the destructive 
aspect of Kill It With Fire presently. But we're just leading up. It's just like a horror film, you know. It's just like, you know, edging towards that crescendo. But um, I want to talk about objectives now. Right. Uh, objectives and goals. It's a very clever thing to do and very worthwhile thing to do because you could have had it. So uh, go in a room, kill the spiders, then go to the next, then the level's done, then go to the next room, the next um, level and do the same and just do a freeform thing. But you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> you, you contained the player in a space and said, you can't leave this space until you deal with every spider in this space. Off you go. So how did that come about? How did that concept arrive? Was it early on? Was it something that arrived at a playtesting? Tell us. Oh, it was, it was very early on. Um, it was, uh, I don't know. It just, it just feels better to add a little bit of structure, just a little bit of structure to the game. Um, so and progress, I, progression I, sort of thing. That's right. So, you know, the way it works is you're in a room and the room will have several doors, most likely with different numbers on them. Um, it's kind of like Mario 64, you know, you've, uh, you've got to get the right number of stars in order to open up this door. Well, and kill it with fire, you've got to kill the right number of spiders in order to open the door, or you've got to uh, complete the right number of, object- of objectives in order to open the door. Um, the objective doors are usually more like containers because they usually have stuff in them to play with, basically. Um, the the So the... The doors where you've got to kill spiders, that's more like to get you to progress through the space. And I want to contain players in a space so that they really engage with it and explore it before just like, I don't know, running like crazy all around the whole level. Because the levels actually aren't that big. No. But they're very no. dense. Uh, mm. they're, they're very, very dense. Um, so you've, they're really like mechanics there to kind of force you to engage with the, the density of what's there. Um, and the objectives, I think, are particularly good at that. Um, yeah, so, there's one relating to a fridge. I won't talk about what happens. <laughs> Just to yeah, say, so, you know, I I threw lots of pieces of butter out of that fridge for, for reasons. The <laughs> the game is not like... Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really, like, spell very much out for you, I guess. Uh, pretty much once you get done with the tutorial, there's not much text other than the objectives just kind of suggesting things that you might do but they're there to get you to engage uh with the equipment that you find and try to find like new uses for it that maybe you didn't think of right away Mm. um or to get you just there's quite a few objectives that are basically like little scavenger hunts um and they're to kind of get you into that exploration mindset where you're looking around in all these like little nooks and crannies because there's while you're doing that you're going to one run into a whole bunch of spiders which are probably going to scare you uh and two you're going to find other stuff that's hidden because there's hidden stuff all over the place in the game uh so it's kind of like these gameplay loops they're all working in the service of getting you to engage more fully with the sandbox that's there the amount of times I'll go, right, I need to find some batteries. I bet there's a spider sitting right on top of one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. look, they open a drawer. Oh, look, there they are. Oh, it's a red one. Oh, joy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, no, I think it's a wonderful idea and concept. And uh, you don't have to do all of them. You don't have to. You know, you can still kill a number of spiders in the amount of times where... I want to stick around here. Oh, there's another one. I can hear it. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) I think it is a little surprising, though, even to me, how how many players are, like, 100%ing the game, basically. Wow. That they're they're getting into that loop of wanting to actually do all of the objectives. Because it's just once, I don't know, once you start engaging with it, you just... You just want to finish it. The know. clipboard did remind me of the unnamed goose game. Um, and that has yep. objectives <laughs> in it. And, uh, but don't, I mean, no one knows who wrote those objectives in that game, by the way. 
Some people have surmised it's actually the goose. It probably isn't, but let's just let it go. Because it's not a sentient being, it's just a large bird that's got issues. Anyway, last question. And uh, we've got to talk about the sheer amount of destruction. <laughs> the player unleashes into areas they find themselves in when playing Kill It With Fire appears to be disproportionate to the threats, initially anyway, the threat the spiders uh, have against them. Um, while this is very comedic, and it really is, because that's one of the things that is quite telling, is that you encounter, you know, in the first, from the opening, from right off, from the off, you know, one of the things is it encourages you to throw books at, throw a book or or two or a stack of books at at a at a spider. You know, I mean, it's a bit extreme, isn't it? But no, it just gets worse and worse. And eventually you get um, bonuses for, well, could you like just set fire to a number of spiders, please? And that kind of thing with, um, with a hairspray and a lighter. What could possibly go right? Nothing. Um, <laughs> was that from the outset? Just um, what, basically the question is, what did you do to... Well, you could have gone crazy with it. What did you do to mitigate the amount of... Because, you know, you blasting everywhere with, with a can of hairspray and lightning and, and lighter fuel, you will set fire to the entire place. <laughs> you know, but that doesn't happen. So what kind of things have you, like, made a conceit of the game? Like, Although typically this, this would be on fire and you'd be dead by now. Um, you know, what, what have you found... How have you found that balance between comedic destruction and realistic sort of stuff? <laughs> well, um, one of the things actually is you don't actually get that much hairspray. No, you don't. Um, not not all at once, at least. My um, weapon of choice, but never mind. <laughs> I mean, at, towards the end of the game, you, yeah, you've got you've got as much as you need. Yeah. You've got as much firepower as you need to do whatever oh, yes. you want. Uh, but when it starts at least uh, and this is actually kind of in response to watching people play the game because initially I gave you way way more hairspray when you first picked it up just so you you could have that experience of just going totally nuts and just literally burning everything Mm. immediately Um, and a lot of people would and a lot of people actually wouldn't even realize that there was limited ammo um so the first time you pick it up, you've got like 50 ammo, which you can burn through in, I don't know, probably eight seconds of like sustained fire. Yeah, um, I mean, short control bursts. Yeah, more aliens reference, everyone. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's way more effective. Um, so I ended up giving you less, but then peppering the levels with way more, more pickups. And that pretty much immediately gets people into a ammo conservation mindset. Yeah, you know, like let them run out of ammo right away. Yeah, uh, and then they'll treasure it a little bit more uh, and be more excited to find it later and kind of kind of ration it and, and all of that. Um, yeah, the amount of times I go, oh, where's the, where's where's the bathroom? Where's I've only got <laughs> I've only got twenty left, and I know yeah. there's a jumping spider in this room. Please don't. So, um, the fire system actually was basically the first thing I did. When right. I started working on the game. Yeah. Um, well, closing the, 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 the title. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, making it to the props, there's basically one C component that, that runs how fire works in the whole game. And um, everything has a, I don't know, this is probably way more technical than people want to know, but uh, everything has like a volume around it in that encapsulates like if that volume collides with other fire volumes then the fire can spread from one thing to another and objects have different properties which define how quickly uh they can be lit on fire and how long they will burn for and uh, how good they are at spreading that fire to other things kind of based on what that thing is made of it's not maybe quite so deep as i'm describing um but it's definitely not like, you know, a book will burn like much faster than a chair or something like that. 
Um, and then there's other destruction too, besides the fire. Um, you can shatter stuff. Uh, like anything that kind of looks like it would shatter. Uh, I've tried to make it so that it can, so you can just go through and it's really, really satisfying. I find uh, destroying the, the pictures to be particularly satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, what I love about the fact is after you finish the level, you just look around and go, okay, well, that job's done then. <laughs> My and job is complete. My job is complete. I was here to take out some spiders. The contract said nothing at all about maintaining the furniture or anything else, quite frankly. I was here to kill spiders, so I did that. So we move on. And it's just, <laughs> it's so, you know, there is, like, it varies from right at the beginning where you're just hitting things with your clipboard, which is perfectly viable just to swap them with the. With the clipboard, because that happens, you know, it's like, oh, swat, swat, and that's great. But then, you know, they start get doing stuff starts happening, and you end up using missile launchers. Everyone, there is, and uh, and other various weapons of ordnance of a variety of strengths and uh, different sort of effects. And uh, yeah, it's the the act of being rewarded and finding them, and there's lots of leveling up and increase and bonuses and all sorts it's just there's this game is not really just about killing spiders it's really about you know you versus um uh, well this contract that you've been you signed up to unwillingly uh, or willingly sorry uh, not realizing what you're really getting yourself in for it's, it's almost like, kind of a parody of doom in a way you yeah know, you're 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 like the you're like the doom guy but you you're not actually fighting anything that can even hurt you. Uh, no, but but you're no. still kind of uh, propelled to go to just the same kind of extremes as the Doom guy. The worst one, the worst, one of the biggest jump scare on the initial when I first started playing was when I got to the kitchen, <laughs> and there's a pizza yeah. box. Yeah, that one. So the, most of the spider spawns are completely random. Okay, except for that one. Yeah, of course <laughs> it's not. Because where else would it be? You go, yeah. Oh, I mean, you just play on the fact that most people, not everyone, but most people kind of like pizza. Go, oh, pizza. And you go wandering over and you pop open the lid. And what's on underneath the lid? A, 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 a very large spider the size of your hand. It's orange in colour and it does a thing. I'm not going to say what it does. <laughs> but it does yeah, a thing. Those, those ones. Uh, I mean, I've played the game so much that it's kind of like, I guess I'm over it, you know? Like, once you've looked at these spiders enough for hundreds, oh, yeah, thousands yeah. of hours. You become like, desensitized to it, yeah. Exactly. But the jumping spiders scare me sometimes still. Yeah. Uh, Just, like, <laughs> they're the ones that scare me still. Because you, the thing that you, us humans have over the spiders is we're good 20, 30 times larger than they are. And yeah. uh, that's the thing we've got. We can just squish them. We can just step on them. Well, one of the un things, unless they jump at you. <laughs> one of one of the things I was expecting you to ask uh, mm -hmm. is 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 why can't they hurt you? No, you know, you know a lot of a lot of people ask that. No, I didn't, and there's a purpose for that. Mainly because of a cultural thing. I know spiders in the UK. They just don't hurt you. They just don't. Uh, they can't. They have the main a bit of green room, virtual green room discussion we had. It's the main defence mechanism for a spider in the UK is to run very, very fast away from the thing that's trying to kill it, uh, and that's why they're so fast. That's why they're so fast. They very rarely run towards you. If they do, there's a last act of desperation uh, mm -hmm. before they they, 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 they they don't want to survive. They don't want to expire because of you know their only crime being a spider. <laughs> So well, yeah. why are you why are you attacking me? You're a spider. So <laughs> you know. So that is why, uh, and I think it adds to the com comedy and the pathos to yeah, the fire. Yeah, I, I think even even a little deeper than that though. It's like yeah. there's enemies in horror games. I mean, they're scary, but after a while, the thing that you become scared of is not the thing itself, but you become scared of what it's going to do to you. 
or what it's going to do to your health bar maybe. Um, and, and it just becomes another enemy, but these spiders are, I mean, maybe you're not scared of them at all, but like, if you are, you're going to continue to be scared of them just because of what they are. Not because like for the same reason that you're scared of spiders in real life. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to explain like why I felt so strongly about it, but it's, it's, uh, I know. I, I just <laughs> shouldn't have brought it up, I guess. But uh, no, I think what it does for me and my interpretation of it, and why I didn't really bring it up, maybe I should have done, but I just didn't think it was a design aspect. Maybe it is, but ultimately, um, I think it was more a, a narrative decision rather than a design decision. In hmm. that, uh, you're, you're destroying homes and yeah. things. You're clearly a villain. Like, you're, you're clearly the bad guy in this game. <laughs> yeah, you are actually just. For, for you really are wrecking, like you know, places to take on these eight-legged beasts, and they're not beasts, they're things, they're just you know creatures, uh, for the for the sole reason for for the crime of of existing. <laughs> that's that's all they've done. That's all. That's the only crime they've committed. They exist, and I think that's just hilarious, you know, and. Uh, they don't actually, you know, they don't go out of their way. The only time they actually leap at you or attack you or go after you is when you're going after them. Right. Yep. I mean, you could just leave them alone. And like, a, you know, again, virtual green room stuff we were chatting about, how I have a spider in my bathroom right now. I leave it alone. It doesn't have a name. No, it's not a pet. It's it's a cohabitant. <laughs> it's, it's, he has, we have a contract. It's not formally written because... That would be weird, but it does, you know, it does its job actually preventing flies and stuff getting into the bathroom, and I leave it alone. It stays away from me. I'd stay away from it. So you know, it's yeah, fine. that's fair. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do not condone, uh, you know, what you do in the game against no. spiders in real life. Uh, that should go without saying, but uh, same you know, anyway. Unless you're in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> then you may have a point. There might be, it might be you or them at that point. I'll take a point there. So, "Kill It with Fire" by Casey Dolan and Games. Now, at this point, I normally ask um, where you get a name for the developer from, but in this, it's kind of kind of sort of speaks for itself, really. Uh, yeah. you, you, you went for just like oh, it's me, you know. I could go for you know Yellow Albatross Games. Could have done that. But no. <laughs> well, well, you know, um, I name stuff really on the nose, if you can't tell. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of subtlety there. It <laughs> says what it does on the tin. You know, it does what it says on the tin. Whatever. It says what it does on the tin. Whatever. Anyway, but it's uh, published by Tiny Build, of course, and uh, it's out now on Windows PC. I don't think there's any other platforms as yet. Not know. yet. No. So, and I know I certainly played it on my my Windows PC and a great time with it. I played with both controller and mouse and keyboard. I found the mouse and keyboard a little bit more responsive, especially when you're aiming with the revolver. Yes, yes, you do shoot shoot spiders with 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 shotguns and, and revolvers. Yeah. <laughs> the discovery of the, the shotgun was great. Shooting the spider with the revolver is insanely difficult. Yes, uh, yes. There's there's no aim assist. Uh, no. no. So. And if you if you're looking to practice your aim for other games, yeah, uh, it's an excellent choice. And quite frankly, if you're you know if you're shooting a gun at a spider, you might want to like make good questionable decisions. <laughs> but, but I think this has gone a bit far. Like, but why am I shooting these little? Some of them are tiny little white ones. We won't talk about them. They're just as bad as the jumping ones, in my view. But for other reasons. And it's just, you can't, you can't, Casey, you can't. I just, even with a mouse, it's just like, yeah, it's no. <laughs> you're, just, you're just blowing up the rest of the room. It's still alive. And that's that's the other thing about I find it quite funny is it was blatting away with this dirty great gun uh, uh, around the room trying to shoot this spider. I mean, imagine in real life. And you you started firing your gun if you had a gun. It was in North America, so US or something. And you started shooting. <laughs> you get, the police were called. What's going on? It's like oh, there's a spider. <laughs> ah, 
All right. <laughs> well, just be careful. Fair, fair, fair cop. That's fine. Where is it? Oh, it's still there. And then the cop starts shooting. He's like, no! <laughs> um, but uh, Casey's been a fantastic guest. Thank you very, much. It's been very, a pleasure. Thank you very, very much for sharing your experiences and thoughts and uh, design decisions that you made when creating Kill It With Fire. It's a fantastic game. Thank you very much for making it and sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, caneandrinse.com. Thank <laughs> you.